Shri Guru Parampara ki jai, Shri Guru Radha ki jai. So, as uh, we know from our recent discussions, the um, Chaitanya Charitamrita, its auspicious invocation consists of 14 verses, which is a long invocation. And it seems to have had its desired effect, in a sense, as much as an invocation is meant to invoke, in a sense, the presence of those who are um, called. And, and this okay, in this case, refers to the members of the Panchatattva Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhunitananda Sri Adrita Radha Shiva Sadhguru Successful in that, uh, as I mentioned, it inspired their author and collector, if you will, because uh, I believe, I can't remember now, 10 or 11 of the verses were composed by Krishna himself and the balance of them. Uh, he borrowed from others, his predecessors, so composed and collected. Uh, successful in that uh, it inspired him to write a lengthy commentary himself, so it, it, it seems as if they, they became present before him, so to speak, to uh, give him the uh, power and insight to write as much as he did. And within the 14 verses, as I mentioned last night, the technical verses of the Namaskar verse, where the respects are offered to the uh, um, to the Godhead, uh, in this case, a verse in which the text, in philosophically speaking, it, in essence, is described. That's the Vastunadesh shloka verse and the um, Ashirvad verse. A verse in which the author invokes, uh, seeks to give a blessing to the readers. So, I want to talk a little bit tonight about that verse, the Ashirvad verse, so that our readers will be blessed. My Krishnadas, Kaviraj Goswami, Kaviraj Goswami Krishnadas, Kijai. We know that. Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami was a very close follower of, of Rupa Goswami. He was initiated by Raghunath Das Goswami, as he himself mentions at the end of his book. <clears throat> Throughout his book, he offers respects to his gurus, Rupa Raghunath, um, Rupa Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami, at the end of every chapter, and extends his um, references to gurus to include the entirety of the founding acharyas of the Sampradaya, the six Goswamis. Um, but particularly Rupa and Raghunathan. And these are the two uh, who, in their writings, have represented what we call the Abhideya, or the way, and the Prayojan, or the, that which will... Um, the way or the path will culminate in, the fruit, the goal. 
we have these, uh, this idea given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that the sacred texts are divided into three separate categories, Sambandha, Abhideya, and Pariyojana. So Sambandha, it, mean, it means relationship, and here it means how things are related to one another. How the jivas related to the world, the world to God, God to the jiva, etc. It's kind of a conceptual orientation. However, whatever our conceptual orientation to life is, then it will foster a certain type of action, which will result in a certain goal. So this is a, a type of knowledge, sambandagyan, knowledge about that will foster the, the activity of bhakti that will result in more bhakti, ultimately in prem bhakti. So, for example, knowledge of Bhagawan, his qualities, and, uh, and so on and so forth. This is uh, Sometimes we speak about bhakti over jnana, devotion, love over knowledge, and so forth. But as I often say as well, there's knowledge inside of love. So this is a certain kind of knowledge. Um, they will foster the culture of love and, and culminate in attainment of such. So, in his writings, Sanatana Goswami has uh, given us the greater balance of the Sambandha Rupa Goswami, the Abhideya, for example, his book Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is all about the path of bhakti and, and bhakti rasa. Um, and Raghunath Das Goswami, the Prayojan Tattva. So, these two, Rupa and Raghunath, very prominent in in the life of uh, Krishna Skavarish Goswami, and as I say, he mentions them, refers to them um, respectfully after practically every chapter. Shri Rupa Raghunath, Pariyaraj, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Kahi Krishna Das. So, the ideal, the highest ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is embodied really in Rupa Goswami. And though that's the case, he didn't point to himself, so to speak, naturally out of his humility, but Raghunath Das Goswami has pointed to the position, the ideal that he so much embodies as the highest ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. All the Goswamis embodied that ideal. But Rupa Goswami um, wrote about this Madhurya Rasa in, in particular, in some detail. So, Krishnadas is a very faithful follower of Rupa Goswami. In fact, the book, Chaitanya Charitamrita, as I think I've mentioned, is really Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as experienced by Rupa Goswami and explained by Krishnadas Kaviraj. So, it's, we're not surprised then when he borrows a verse from Rupa Goswami for his um, Mangal Charan. And in the case of the Ashirvad verse, the verse that seeks to give a blessing to the readers, this is what he's done. He's taken the verse of Rupa Goswami's Rupa used differently in his drama Vidagdamadava. Hmm. Rupa Goswami wrote two famous dramas 
Vidagda Madhava and Nalita Madhava, about Krishna in Vrindavan and Krishna in, in Dwaraka. It's uh, mentioned by Krishna Das in, in a narrative of Chaitanya Charitamrita that Rupa Goswami visited Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Jagannath Puri. They first met uh, in uh, Prayag. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had wanted from the very time of his taking sannyas to go to Vrindavan. Sannyas is sometimes described as uh, as um, as the life of a forest dweller. For example, Bhakti notes as Grihe Tako Vane Tako. Whether you're a Grihe householder or Bane Tako, Tako by living in a in a van, in a forest, then you should the, the duty of each is the same to chant the holy name of Krishna. So householder or the forest dweller. So renunciate. To live away from the from the hubbub and whatnot. Um, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to go to the forest, and of course he wanted to go to the forest of Vrindavan. This is the Vodhya of Vaishnava idea of, of sannyas. And there, what do you find in the forests of Vrindavan? It's preoccupied with the gossip about Radha and Krishna. It's the thing you would think the sannyasi wanted to get away from. But um, this is a in fact, Sarupdamar told, Mahabharu told Raghunathas through Sarupdamar, what did he say? Gramikatana um, Shunibe. Don't listen to village talk. Hmm. This is the common idea. But the village talk of Vrindavan at the same time is more pleasing and sweet to Krishna's ears than the, than the Brahmins <coughs> reciting the Vedas. Hmm. So this is the forest that Mahaprabhu wanted to enter into. It, it speaks a little bit of how the, the sannyas, ashram, and Gaudiya Vaishnavism are a little bit artificial. Hmm? It's typically an anga or a limb of the body of the, of the path of, of knowledge rather than the path of bhakti. Mahaprabhu adopted it for as a, well, preaching strategy. <laughs> Might have heard that term before. <laughs> as a preaching strategy because the, the saffron-clad sannyasis would be stand out amongst white-clad persons. When I first went to India in the uh, early, maybe 1973, 1974, um, in Calcutta, was a sea of white men clad in, in dhotis during the work hour. Uh, it was incredible compared to today. If you see a dhoti, somebody in a dhoti, in India, they stand out like they're odd. <laughs> so anyway, you can imagine the time of Mahaprabhu in a sea of white, someone wearing the saffron color would stand out. And so such a person would, a person of the cloth would be respected. And so in order to collect in an easy way the respect of the people and teach them about bhakti, Mahaprabhu adopted the, the, uh, the sannyas, which was somewhat artificial uh, for him to, I mean, to give up his friends, to give up, and they were, 
his, his, his closest devotees, um, to give up his mother and so forth. That was, uh, indeed, after he did so, then by the trick of Nityananda Prabhu, he ended up back in his pursuit going to Vrindavan, ended up back in the house of Advaita. And so many of the devotees from Navadvipa had been brought uh, there, uh, along with Sachi, and Mahaprabhu kind of came to and said, what have I done? What kind of a mad thing have I done <laughs> to take sannyas and placed himself in the hands of his mother to determine what, what he should do with himself? We'll come back to that, but... but um, He wanted to enter Vrindavan and be a forest dweller, enter the leela of Krishna, which is to leave the world behind in an ordinary sense for sure. Uh, but after he had, well, I should, might as well uh, say it now, as he, after he put himself in the hands of Sachi, his mother, which is unbecoming for a sannyasi, uh, <laughs> then uh, she made a determination that uh, all the devotees were very pleased with. He said, well, I'm in some madness, I've done this, I put myself in your hands, what, what, what should I do? Hmm. And she was perplexed because she wanted him to give it up, but should he give it up, then he would not be respected by the educated and pious people of the society, having taken sannyas, it's not something to give up so lightly, so she didn't want him to be embarrassed, she was had this uh, dilemma, if you will, and, um, but it's significant that she was, that he was, placed himself in her hands to make the determination. As we know, this sannyas lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it, uh, when he leaves Navadvipa, it corresponds with the Krishna Leela when Krishna is leaving Vrindavan for Mathura to kill Kamsa and bring about the release of Devaki and Vasudeva and so forth. That was a very traumatic experience for the inhabitants of Vrindavan for Krishna to leave Vrindavan. You've got uh, artistic depictions of that with gopis laying down in front of the chariot of Akrura, who had come from Mathura to bring Krishna and Balaram to the wrestling arena that where they had been invited by, by um, Kangsa, and uh, throwing their lives down in front of the chariot, not letting it go, and so forth. That, um, it's a very, uh, a very traumatic experience for the inhabitants of Vrindavan, but the leader of the group Nanda Maharaj, the king of the cowherds, he, you know, here he was faced with this dilemma. The king is calling him, on the one hand, um, who, to whom we pay taxes. Yes, he's he's a he's a, a demon, but uh, what what we're just village people. What what to do? Number one and number two, of course, um, Vasudev and Devaki are in difficulty there. And so perhaps by going, something could be negotiated. I mean, the king is inviting my sons, Krishna and Balaram. And Balaram is actually one of the sons of Vasudev, 
Hmm. He didn't know that that there was a connection between Vasudeva and, and Krishna also. There really isn't, but that's Gaudiya Vaishnavism. But the only the Vasudeva Krishna who born and mature is a partial manifestation of of Krishna. But but Rohini was one of the wives of Vasudeva and uh, she gave birth to Balaram in in Vrindavan. So at any rate the king is calling my sons, and one of them is my is my stepson. He's the son of Vasudev, and so uh, maybe there'll be some kind of mitigating circumstances as a result of this, by which Vasudev and Devaki can be released, and and also Krishna and Balaram have showed themselves to have certain powers at different times. It appears that almost like God works through them to do miraculous things. Indeed, we we. We, he, Krishna met with many uh, difficulties in Vrindavan and those who were bringing about the difficulty were actually working under the auspices of Kamsa. You can imagine how bad he was. Putana was just one of his, you know, his um, um, one of the persons under his, his, his charge who would do what he asked, and Trinavarta and uh, um, uh, Keshi and so many of these demons that, that Krishna experienced in Vrindavan, they were all dealt with very deftly. At least that's what the boys said. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't seen that, but that's what they say about him, and who knows? And and for that matter, it, Kamsa seems to think that he's a powerful person, even though he's only 11 and a half years old. He wants him to fight with the most powerful, you know, You've seen worldwide wrestling, right? <laughs> Something like that. It was like a, I remember as a kid, there was this guy named Haystacks Calhoun. Who was on, and we were like, in the 50s, was 600, 600 pounds. He would just sit on people, and that would be it. We always wanted him to be defeated, you know. So, uh, that's when I used to watch a long time. It's grown since then, I know. That's a, Popular, <laughs> some circles, but uh, so this is just to give you some idea. If you you know flash onto that, whatever you've seen of that over the that this is what Mustika and what is his name Chanura, the wrestlers of Kamsa were like, and they were going to fight an 11, 11 and a half year old boys. Was therefore when they appeared in the assembly, one of the rasas that the that the members of the assembly experienced, all of them were experienced, all 12 rasas, the primary, six, five primary, seven secondary rasas, viewing Krishna in the wrestling arena um, from different perspectives. One of those is vibhatsa, disgust. So many people who experience disgust, what's this? We've come to the wrestling match and there's 11-year-old boys are going to fight these big wrestlers? This seems... Not very tasteful. Hmm? So it was odd, but the king was in, inviting him. So anyway, as a as a secondary thought in the mind of Nanda Maharaj, perhaps as a result of their going, there'll be mitigating circumstances, and and the boys are powerful. You no, know, maybe the wrestlers will be defeated, and Kamsa will give them a. A blessing, and they'll ask for their parents to be re- 
released from the prison and, and, and so on. So, but meanwhile, all of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, they, they can't bear the thought of the separation from Krishna. But Nanda Marsh had to balance this act, if you will. And, um, and of course, in one sense, his going to Mathura and on to Dwarka is very useful to us because we found, for example, as a result of that, his teachings in the Bhagavad Gita, which is sometimes an introductory book to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, one of the early, you know, first books, giving the philosophy, theology, the first six chapters of the Gita. So I'd like to explain it's all about you, what you're like. Very endearing, very amazing things it says about us, much more amazing than the us that we think we are. Uh, is said about the Atma that we are, and very encouraging. And then after six chapters, then our source is introduced, Krishna himself, the theology of the Gita, he begins to speak about himself. And if anyone has spoken this so flatteringly about you, then you might want to listen to who? To them. Who, what they have to say about themselves, and who they are. Well, you said such a nice thing about me. But tell me about yourself. And, and certainly Krishna does in the middle of the Gita. He says, Aham sarvas prabhava mata sarvam pravartate, and so on. Everything comes from me. That's who I am. Hmm? You're like the spark from myself, the fire, and so forth. So, um, so Bhagavad Gita it was, wasn't spoken in Vrindavan, of course. He, wherever he is, he's in Vrindavan. That's a fact. Therefore, it said, Krishna never steps foot outside of Vrindavan. Hmm. Therefore, we can find him. The Godias, I should say, they find him who know him best. Hmm. Uh, no one knows him, Krishna, better than, than the Godia. No one says more flattering things about him hmm, than the Godias. So they find him in the Bhagavad Gita. Hmm. Right? In, and in the essential four verses, hmm? uh, that in one sense that the book is or, orbiting uh, around, hmm? right, in, right in the middle of the book, right after he says, Manmana Bhavamad Bhakto, then he comes with these verses, Tushyanti Chavamanti Cha. And my devotees are such, Tushyanti Chavamanti Cha. They come to me in Sammananuga Bhakti or Kamanuga Bhakti. In, in the rasas of Dasya, Sakya, and Vatsalya of Braj, or Tushanticha, Ramanticha, in, in Madhurya rasa, Katayantaschamanitam, Tushanticha, Ramanticha, chanting about me, discussing about me amongst one another. This is the buzz of Vrindavan, right? This is the Gramikata, the village talk of Vrindavan, all about Krishna. So, his going to Vrindavan, it's a, leaving Vrindavan is painful for the inhabitants, but it's kind of good for us in, in, in some ways. It's good in a lot of ways because properly understood, his leelas and Mathura in Vrindavan are really pointing back, properly understood, to the, to the leela of, and the inhabitants of Vrindavan and its super-excellence, in, in a way saying, this is the goal. Hmm? Krishna is here. You might not have thought this was the goal. In fact, he left there and did all these other extraordinary things. He, he grew up, 
I mean, yeah, sure, he dated in Vrindavan, you know, but, but he married in Dwarka. He settled there. He had his kids, so many children and so forth. He built his, his house in Dwarka, and the gods from heaven came and, you know, supplied various uh, things for, its, uh, for, the, for the city and, uh, and, and so on. Um, he, de- he defeated his enemies in public, right? Not just stories of boys saying, you know, oh, we were in the forest today and, and this big snake came and opened its mouth. We went inside, he swallowed us, and Krishna went in and defeated him. And so, okay, sure, you know, boys will be boys. But in, he did it all in Dwarak and Matur, it's all in the public eye. All this Aishwarya that brings attention to him. Hmm? Opulence of the Godhead, this majesty, his godhood. Hmm? Um, uh, so uh, there are some things in Vrindavan too, but it's uh, but it's much more. It's, 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 it, there's more. It's, uh, it's complicated. <laughs> there's more Aishwarya in Vrindavan, but it's not seen by everybody. Like when Krishna showed to Brahma privately, just see who I am. When Brahma came and wanted to see who he was, then he stole the calves and Krishna's coward friends, and then he looked again and they were there. Hmm? They hadn't, he looked in the cave and they were there, he looked and they were still playing, and so forth. And when it was all done, Krishna showed him, just see who I am. From you are the, you, Vishnu, Narayan is the source of yourself, and I am the source of innumerable Narayans. Hmm. And innumerable Brahmas. This is, was extraordinary. But this was a, a private thing that Brahma saw hmm? and prayed about and, and so forth. But anyway, in Mathura and Dwarka, it's, uh, this is kind of the grown up Krishna. So, you know, the stories about his youth are cute and everything, but here he's a full, full person. But the fact of the matter is, it's just the opposite. He's empty by comparison in Mathura and Dwaraka. When, 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 when Balaram was insisted, after he had already gone and delivered a message to the inhabitants of Vrindavan on behalf of Krishna, later, when the subject of Vrindavan again came to the surface, it's always there underneath the surface, came to the surface, and Rohini and Balaram started canvassing, as explained by Sanatana Goswami and Brihad Bhagavatamrita, that Krishna should go back to Vrindavan. Hmm? The, the, the extent to which he was really already there hmm? was uh, explained at first by Rukmini, who said, actually, he's already there. Because at night, when, when, when sleeping, sometimes he calls out in a dream. Yashoda, Nanda, Subal, Lalita, Vishaka, Radha. So we know that, he, that, is, that, that what you do in the day, what you're preoccupied with in the day, is what you dream about at night. And then Satyabhama interrupted and said, it's not just at night that it comes out, it comes out even in the day sometimes. Hmm? We know he's not really here. So his, his apparently physical presence in Dwarka hmm, is less, he's less present when he's physically in Dwarka than when he's physically absent 
in Vrindavan. He's more present in Vrindavan in his physical absence than he is present in Dwarka in his physical presence. So, but how to, how to understand this, right? How to understand the fullness of Krishna in Vrindavan. The way, of course, is by understanding the, the love of the inhabitants of Vrindavan and how it expresses itself in his apparent absence. It's so full, it never it diminishes in the slightest. In fact, it increases to the point that they become dysfunctional people, practically, as reported by Uddhava, for example, and uh, when he went there. And so, the point being, of course, love of Krishna and Krishna correspond with one another. So the intensity of their love, hmm, as I often say, sometimes people dismiss the existence of God, but it's more difficult to dismiss the existence of love of God in, 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 in mystics. Hmm? They, they defy, actually, the natural world simply by the entry level of, of, of spirituality, hmm? by controlling the senses. They become supernatural. I mean, that's like the, not human is the point, right? Hmm? Controlling the mind, controlling the senses, harnessing the human passions is the idea. So they stand as examples that, 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 that there's a supernatural reality. It's very uh, objective to examine the mystics. Of course, we don't because they're just like not part of the world. There's out there somewhere. And they don't speak very understandable language. They're speaking poetry and, and whatnot. And you can't, you don't know what they're saying really. So we, we tend to dismiss them, but but if you look closely, of course, then the experience cross-culturally of the mystics speaks very loudly to us um, as to the, the, the distinct possibility that the world is, is, is composed of something more than just the physical and more than just the psychic or the mental as well. They've closed down the mind, if you will. They've closed down the physical for all intents and purposes. Hmm? Mind is not wandering to sense objects here and there with wants hmm? for the physical. The mind is not focused on the physical. So it's just been reversed. The mind, the Gita says, is the friend or the enemy. So it's become the friend. They've mastered the mind. It's not focused on sense objects and made a bond hmm, with the senses and the call of the wild. Hmm? But they've been they've used their intellect uh, and reasoned well as to the as to uh, the the value and virtue of transrational exercises hmm? and upon exercising themselves in a transrational way is a spiritual intelligence, if you will, then they have withdrawn the senses from sense objects, the mind is peaceful. This is, a, this is like not human. This is super natural. If you read, I really like the uh, poem of, I've mentioned it before, of Kipling. It's entitled, If. It's right out of the Bhagavad Gita. If you could do this, and if this. And, it, and in, the, in the poem, some of you may be familiar with, he, he's citing all these opposites. If you could walk 
amongst the wealthy and not lose touch with the common folk, something like that. One after another, line after another of these being able to do both things at the same time, this, this equanimity, this balance of, um, of, of, of yoga, sense control. What does Rupa Goswami say about that? Prithivim susyashat. Such a person becomes the ruler of the world because the, otherwise we're ruled by the senses and the mind. Bacho vegam, manasakrota vegam, jivaha vegam, udurapasta vegam, etan vegam, yobishaheta dira, sarvam, apimam, prithivim, sasishat. So love of God in Vrindavan, it's very extraordinary and it's, it's really showcased in the absence of Krishna. It's said in the presence of Krishna, there's one Krishna. In the absence of Krishna, or separation from Krishna, apparent absence, there's millions of Krishnas. So one is seeing their beloved in everything. In our publication, that reminds me of the cover picture, the, the painting. If you may notice, it's a painting depicting Krishna Das Kaviraj sitting on the banks of the Radhakund and writing the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Behind him is a tree. The tree is a, is a, is a tamal tree, it's a dark tree, and it's circled by a vine, a golden vine. So this is a, 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 a poetic, uh, what do you say, device that's used throughout the Kavya, the poetic uh, Ras Shastras, uh, wherein the, the dark tamal tree represents Krishna and the golden vine that's wrapped around it represents Radha's embrace of Krishna. He's sitting under this tree and writing about Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahayanya. That Sri Krishna Chaitanya is the combined form of Radha and Krishna. Hmm. So in the absence of Krishna, Radha will see a tamal tree and then go in the leela and, and, and embrace it. Chaitanya hmm? Mahaprabhu um, in Puri saw a sand dune. He thought it was the, was the Govardhan Hill, which was non-different from Krishna. He ran to embrace it. And so, so the point being what, in, as I say, in the absence or in separation, one sees one's love everywhere in everything. Hmm? So Krishna's leaving Vrindavan for the, so he was only there for a short time. It's said that he was present for 125 years and only 11 in Vrindavan. So as they say, you could forget that. That's just his early childhood. That's that's not the, he didn't speak the Bhagavad Gita there and, uh, and all these important um, acts, noble acts, establishing dharma and and, and making determinations. As he does in the other places in the Mahabharata, between the, the moral good and the moral bad, and and so as this pertains more to ourselves, worldliness, how to be good in the world, and maybe how to get out of it. <laughs> uh, a little bit of interest in that too. Uh, uh, what's, what? But about rasa and the bread rasa. I mean, who will be interested in that? Who will know about that? Such a thing. So, indeed, when the British came to India, when they researched the, the Hindu texts, they did have enough insight to, to determine that this Vaishnavism seems closest uh, 
to the real religion, which they thought was Christianity, because there's this bhakti, if you will, <laughs> in Vaishnavism for some reason. So uh, <laughs> Christianity, I should say, there's some bhakti, right? So, so um, it's a the- it's theistic, and um, so. But then when they looked further and they got to the Bhagavatam and they got to Krishna Leela, which is really the acme of bhakti, hmm? the full face of, of Ananya Bhakti, and then they thought, here it all goes to hell. <laughs> here he is, this guy, they call him God, and he's uh, you know, going running with other people's wives in the forest, and these, these aborigines, these Indians here, black people, are um, <laughs> worshipping him. You know, We've got to save them from this. This is how they thought. And um, so they, they, they wrote against uh, Krishna and, and, and the Bhagavad in, to, in such measure that Bhakti Vinod himself, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, he, he said that he was raised with a bias, a prejudice towards the Bhagavatam, thinking of our sacred text, that's not one of them. That's some kind of interpolated text. It can't represent a Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, that's you know he's speaking Upanishadic wisdom, and uh, control the mind, the senses, and and, and and so on and so forth. But Krishna in the Bhagavatam. This is another thing altogether. However, just to continue that, when but when Bhaktivinoda Thakur came in touch with Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, then he saw the Bhagavatam in another light through the lens of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was a sannyasi in the later part of his life that we're speaking about here to some extent. But in his mind, in his heart, he was preoccupied with the love of Radha and Krishna. How could he be preoccupied with the love of Radha and Krishna and the result of it be that you become superhuman, if you will, that you control the human passion and so forth, unless that affair is something other than what it may look like on its face, on its surface. Therefore, You have to study the Bhagavad very carefully, under good guidance, to understand what is the Brajalila. Hmm? And who would know that the whole Leela, Dwark and Matura, which is so much longer, it's all really for the sake of showcasing the love in Vrindavan. This Sagodia, our charges have pointed this, this out. Such a beautiful thing. So, that said, it's point is that it's kind of good for us that he left Vrindavan, or appears to have left Vrindavan. His expansion went to Mathura and Dwarka, and he became invisible in Vrindavan, hmm? and marveled at the love of the inhabitants in separation, hmm? and sometimes appeared to them as if it was in a dream. Hmm? Sent messages from Dwarka saying, sometimes it appears to you that I'm appearing in a dream, it's not a dream. I'm there. Hmm? I'm actually there. I actually haven't left. Hmm? Your love is doing this to you. Hmm? It's possible even to love him so much in his presence that you start to worry he will disappear and then start to think that he has. <laughs> this is how mad it is the, uh, the unmada, the love of the inhabitants of Vrindavan for Krishna. So we know about it to some extent because of his departure from there. So Nanda Maharaj was burdened with this departure for reasons, as I mentioned, in the Leela of, well, maybe he'll win the, the fight with Chanura and Mustika, the wrestlers. Maybe Vasudeva and Devaki will be re- freed from the prisoner. At least the child will be able to go and visit them. Hmm? Um, 
uh, Krishna Balaram, something in the prison or something like this, but and the king's calling him, what can we do? I can't refuse the king's order. And meanwhile, everybody in Vrindavan is, is resisting w- w- uh, with their hearts. And the gopis physically lying down on the path and so forth. Hmm? Coward friends jumping on the chariot for taking a ride on the back. We'll <laughs> hitch, hitch a ride and go there. <laughs> Bump along somehow if we have to. Hmm? Uh, it was a fun thing when I was a kid. We used to do this. A milkman. Those those days they used to deliver milk to the house of everybody. So we had a milkman. And he would come and we would jump on the back of his truck and ride it. And then he would have to stop. And we would only get off if he would give us a quart of chocolate milk. <laughs> said Leela we had every every week in the summer with him. <laughs> so <clears throat> this was Nandamarsh's anyway dilemma. Um, and he stood up before the community and said, "Look, uh, we have to take him to Vrindavan. I will to Mathura. I will bring him back." And so, on the basis of his pledge to bring him back, the gopis were dragged out of the way, and the chariot proceeded. And of course, it appears that he never came back. Hmm? Well, at least we know this: that Nanda came back without him. Hmm? Now you'd think they would all just start, you know, dethrone him and you know kick him out of the kingdom, but no, they didn't do that, because he felt not only his own separation from Krishna, now that he had returned to Vrindavan, and Krishna was in Mathura, but he felt the separation of every inhabitant of Vrindavan as well. So they all knew that his burden was actually greater than theirs. So they all had immense sympathy and transcendental compassion for him. And together they suffered in love of separation for Krishna. Now, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was leaving Vrindavan or Navadvip to take sannyas. And Vrindavan and Navadvip is non-different from Vrindavan. The sannyas of Mahaprabhu is non-different than, than Krishna going to um, Mathura. And his hair will be shaved off. He will have a shaved head, and and then he will go suddenly. So here he is. He puts himself in the hands of his mother. You know that Jagannath Mishra is the father of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and that he passed away earlier in the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu before he had taken sannyas. His elder brother, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's elder brother, also took sannyas. And then his father passed away, and then he was left to take care of his mother, and then he took sannyas. And that's why he said, what have I done? I've taken sannyas, and who will take care of my mom? Hmm. So, mom, you tell me what to do. So mom here is, is Sachi, and mom here is also, as much as Gore is Krishna, his mom is Yashoda. Hmm. And as much as Gore is Krishna, his Gore's father, Jagannath Mishra, is Nanda Maharaj. Hmm? So basically, Nanda Maharaj, the underlying feeling, if you will, of the Leela is why did Nand, why did why did Jagannath Mishra pass away early? Because hmm? he wasn't going to play this role a second time around. Hmm? He let he let Mom do it this time. Hmm? Put it in Sachi's hands. Okay. 
your son is going to be faced with the dilemma, what to do. Uh, he's going to be a sannyasi. It's going to be placed in your hands in front of all the inhabitants of Navadweep. He says, what should I do? I'll do what you say, Mom. So she's, I could keep him here, and, but that will ruin his reputation as a religious boy, religious, religious person. It'll belittle him. I can't bear that. Hmm? If I say yes, go, then he'll be continue on to Vrindavan and we'll never hear from him again. Hmm? And so the, she had the burden that Nanda Marsha had in Krishna Leela. And she was dealt with it very well. She was wise and she said, that, okay, here's what we'll do. You can't give up the sannyas. That you've already done it. What's what's done is done, son. So we do that. But instead of going to Vrindavan, go to Jagannath Puri, which is so close to us that it's like another room in the same house. And there's always commerce going between Puri and Navadweep. It's a ten-hour terrain ride, which there weren't trains in those days, but it's a short distance comparatively. They're walking all the way across to western side of, of, of India. Hmm. And so, in this way, she kept everyone in the loop, if you will, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life that they were preoccupied with because news would always be coming from Puri and, as it turned out, the greater balance of the devotees in, 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 in Abhu would go every year to Puri to Rathayatra. Hmm. Prabhupada, you told us that he told me personally once, he just called me out of the blue to his room and he said, when I was a boy, hmm, then it was my ambition, always my dream, to have enough money to get a train to go to the Rathiatra in Jagannath Puri. Hmm. And I wanted to go so much that my father bought me a toy, a play Roth cart. This is in India. You know, this is how you, the kids would get toy Rathiatra carts. So. And uh, this is a good game, <laughs> right? And so in, in, with that, then, in, in the neighborhood, I would perform the Rathiatra. He said, and everyone thought it was just a play. But then he opened his eyes really wide and he said, but it was real. And now I'm doing it all over the world. <laughs> so... Prabhupada's from the side, you know, he was born in the Day family. The Day family is is like the Smiths, you know, uh, is a popular name, big, big, big community. They got made up half of Calcutta practically at the time and uh, extended into the, the, the Godamandala circle of Mahaprabhu's pastimes in, um, what is that city where... Um, who was the, the, the patron saint of his family, Udharandatta, Udharandatta Thakur, one of the Nityananda Prabhu's associates, one of the twelve coward boyfriends of Krishna Balaram that came with Nityananda Prabhu, was the patron saint of Prabhupada's family. They would go to, um, I can't remember the name of the city, but it was a city that Nityananda Prabhu particularly blessed, a mercantile community, um, Vaishyas blessed them. And so Prabhupada was all in Sakyarasa. Prabhupada's family was connected with, the, with them. They would go annually for a pilgrimage to worship Udharandatta. Hmm. And, um, and so he's kind of, you know, and, they, he, and, and in this, this is his childhood ambition to go to Puri. So you can imagine the inhabitants of Namadweep 
this was their childhood ambition to go to Puri, and they were so all the devotees would come. Hmm? Rathayatra was a big part of their lives, hmm? and so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would participate in the Rathayatra. They would have a chance to associate with them in this way. Sachi made a good negotiated the 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 the, the uh, navigated the course, a difficult course, very uh, uh, deftly, hmm? and um, in this way Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took. Sanyas went to Jagannath Puri and he entered his Madhya Leela and his Madhya Leela, middle Leela, is the Leela where he's teaching by example hmm, how to enter into Navadweep, which is not a, different from Vrindavan, how to enter Vrindavan. No, there he teaches Rupa, Sanatan, all the teachings. He converts Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya and all the, the Vedanta that's given there in, in these sections. He converts the king of Pratapurudra Maharaj. He defeats... Uh, uh, in his travels, the Madhili, he defeats the Prakashananda Saraswati and Banares and so forth. These are all teaching leelas, so much philosophy there, so much uh, insight and example as to the path, the Antilila. Then he goes internal, he becomes, his public life becomes, he enters into the private life, internal life, and the verses that he would relish and so forth are cited. And this way he shows an example how to enter into Navadweep. Hmm? which is non-different from uh, Vrindavan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Navadvip and Krishna in Vrindavan. Hmm? Hmm. So, so, it's a beautiful story. We were talking about the Ashirvad verse of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Somehow we went there. It was worth going. But, um, we had to... Uh, to Vrindavan and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sannyas. And, 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 and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his sannyas, when he was in Puri, he still had this longing to go to Vrindavan. It means, of course, in the Leela, he wanted to show us that it's important for the devotees to go to Vrindavan. So he made an attempt to go to Vrindavan just for a visit and then come back to Puri. And in his attempt, there he met Rupa Goswami. And Sanatana Goswami, and he told them to be patient, given their situation and the, and the political situation at, at the time, where the Muslims were in charge, and uh, you could have your head cut off if you weren't careful, and so forth. Um, at that time, at Sanatana's advice, he did not proceed on to Vrindavan. The second time, he was successful in going to Vrindavan, and when he was in Vrindavan. Rupa Goswami escaped from his his um, social situation, social political situation, um, as a cabinet member of the the king of Muslim king of, of of the region in Bengal, and was proceeding on foot to Vrindavan. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spent a short time, maybe a couple of months, in Vrindavan, then he left. This is the reason that he left early, because Rupa Goswami was on his way there, and he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait. The, 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 and so he started going the other way. Rupa Goswami's love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought him out of Vrindavan, and they met in Prayag. And there in Prayag, of course, Mahaprabhu taught him so many things. But later, the point is, that Rupa Goswami also walked from Vrindavan to Jagannath Puri 
to have the, again the darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now you can imagine that, that what you know. I know you took some trouble to get here tonight, and some of you have come <laughs> come from some distance <laughs> and so forth. But Rupa Goswami, I'm, and I'm not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but we are talking about him, and he is present in such you know discussions. Uh, but Rupa Goswami walked from from Vrindavan to Jagannath Puri just to see him once more. Hmm. And he was, he was blessed by Chaitanya Dev to stay for a couple months in Jagannath Puri, where he resided along with Haridas Thakur, hmm? the outcast. Hmm? Rupa considered himself an outcast because of his involvement, although he was born as a Hindu, his involvement in the Muslim government gave him that kind of shadow, if you will, amongst the, uh, the, the, the Hindu religious public. So... And of course, he was very humble, so he stayed with Haridas. Really, really, the point is he wanted a good association. <laughs> so he stayed with Haridas Thakur, and they, they would chant together. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would come and visit them every day. Hmm? Haridas was not allowed to go in the temple um, at the time because he was, a, he, was a, he was a Muslim by birth, and that was the. was. We don't agree with that policy, but anyway, that was the socio-religious policy at the time. Mahaprabhu didn't go against it entirely because you can't do everything at once. Like I said before, using Prabhupada's analogy, in like a pin and out like a plow. Um, but he went every day to see, Jag- to see Haridas Thakur himself. So Haridas couldn't go to see Jagannath, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the walking Jagannath and he would walk himself every day to see and show himself if you will, to Haridas. And so, on one occasion, he met there with Rupa one day and Sanatan, and um, he, uh, Rupa Goswami was writing his drama, Vidagdamadava. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked, let me see what you're writing there. And he took the palm leaf from him and read, Tunde Tundavali, this verse, uh, right in, in, the, in the beginning of the Vidagda uh, Madhava, uh, a beautiful verse that in the drama is spoken by Purnamasi hmm, about the power of Krishna Nam and, and, and how it will affect Radha and so forth. So, uh, and how it's affecting her, Purnamasi, the Yoga Maya of Krishna Lila. And so when he read the verse, he was so much pleased with the verse. He liked it so much. And he told Haridas, this Rupa's penmanship, but to speak of the verses he writes, the penmanship is beautiful. He said, it's, it's like, like, like rows of a, of a pearl. pearl. Hmm? Uh, someone told me that they had seen the manuscript. Some of them are available of Rupa Goswami. He said, it doesn't look like a pearl. It's like... It's not even. I said, pearls aren't even. <laughs> you don't understand. Pearls aren't even. Natural pearls. But they're beautiful, nonetheless. And rasa is not even like this. It's not like this. It's like this, for sure. Hmm? Love has an orbit of its own, if you will. Hmm? We're moving, as I often say, in pursuit of love, and when we find it, we can rest only for a minute or two, and then <laughs> it has its orbit of its own, right? Hmm? Very exciting. It's uh, it's full of uncertainty. It's a knowing that's full of uncertainty. These type of this love has the power to resolve these these contradictions, 
simple Vedanta, Dvaita Vedanta, or Monism, or Jnana, let's say, better stated, um, they, they're just the counter, polar opposite of the material world. From, from action and the ignorance that it involves, action in relation to things that don't endure, hmm? it's like dreamland, from that to the knowledge that brings contemplative life and quietude. Uh, these are the two polar opposites. Bhakti, in other words, knowledge cancels out action, action cancels out knowledge. Bhakti incorporates, love incorporates both. There's movement and there's a kind of knowing in bhakti as well, super knowing. So, Mahaprabhu was very pleased with the writing of Rupa Goswami, very pleased with the verse. Hmm? And he came back then the next day and he brought Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, Ramananda Roy, and Sarup Damodar. Sarvabhoma was the giant, the giant of logic in India at the time. Hmm? His student, Raghunath Shiromani, was, became the most famous logician in India hmm? by his own desire. He wanted that. Um, and it's this famous story of how they were. he was in the boat with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rowing across the Ganges. And he said, I've written a book about logic with this Navanyaya, this new form of logic in, in Navadweep was very popular at the time. And, and Navadweep, because of Sarvabhoma, had gained the uh, notoriety, the, the reputation of being the, the, the center of learning in all of India. It used to be in Matila. It said that Sarvabhama went there, studied there, and, and memorized the books, and then took it by memory to Navadweep and began teaching Navanyaya, and then excelled such there that Navadweep uh, outshone, outshined, outshined uh, the uh, Matila. So his student then, Raghunath Shiramani, he was riding in a boat with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He said, I, I, I've, I've written a book about logic by which I hope to become the champion, best known person of, 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 of logic in all of India. Would you read it? So Mahaprabhu started to read it. He says, it's very, it's, it's very good. It's very good. And, um, and he said, no, I've got one too. I wrote one too. Okay, maybe you check it out. So suddenly Mahaprabhu produced a book of, imagine what that book was, you know. But we don't have it because he gave it to Raghunath and Raghunath read it and he, and he began to cry. Mahaprabhu said, why are you crying? He said, because now I, no, I, I can't become the best known logician in all of India. My book is like useless. I might as well throw it in the Ganges. Mahaprabhu said, well, give me my book back then. He handed it back to him. Mahaprabhu threw it in the Ganges. If you want to be the king of knowledge, have it. I can give that to you. No, that's, that's a small thing. <laughs> no problem. He got that. Saraboma, of course, his teacher, got bhakti from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Jagannath Puri. But he was a big person, big and learned person. Big and learned person, but at the time of his conversion, he only then got a glimpse into what was the person of Ramananda Roy. He said, when Mahaprabhu was going to go to South India, then Sarvabhama said, if you must go, let me give you some advice. And Mahaprabhu said, yes, you're my Siksha Guru. You, you educated me in Vedanta. And so everyone was thinking, you educated me in Vedanta, but okay, this is a Leela. So <laughs> he said, when you go south, do one thing. 
meet this person, Roy Ramananda. I can understand after meeting you. I could never understand him. He was odd. He was in he, he, the, the way he would write and talk. Thing it was his po- poetics. So it was, it was like beyond me. But you and him got something in common. So meet with him. This is this was the, the whole tour of South India, properly understood, was for the purpose of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu meeting Ramananda Roy. Hmm? There the the zenith Chaitanya Charitamrita is a book that if you take the 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 samba, the conversation between Roy Ramananda and the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu out, it's like taking the Bhagavad Gita out of the Mahabharat. Hmm? There the sadhana, the practice, and there the sadhya, the goal, the highest goal and the means to attain it, that's all found there. Hmm? And it is virtually an explanation of perhaps the most important line of Rupa Goswami's verse in Vidagdamadava that Krishnadas has used for his Ashirvad verse in Chaitanya Charitamrita. He says, Unato Ujjvalarasam Sabakti Sriyam. Unato Ujjvalarasa. So we'll come to that. But Ramananda and, and was there at the behest of Mahaprabhu to meet Rupa Goswami and see his, his poetry and Sarvabhoma and Swarup Dhamara. Now, the difference between Swarup Dhamara and Ramananda Roy and Sarvabhoma was that he was familiar with Rupa Goswami because when Chaitanya Dev had perf- performed the Leela of Rathiyatra that year and Rupa Goswami was present, during the Rathiyatra, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began to sing a secular love song. You can imagine if you were in the Rathiyatra, you know, there's another group that does these big Rathiyatras uh, around the world following in the wake of what Prabhupada started, uh, the Vaishnava group. Imagine if you were in the group and, and you know, you, 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 you had, well, you could have earphones on, I guess, with your iPad listening to, you know, some popular music and, and for some reason, whatever, the, the plug fell out and, you know, <laughs> you, you would be embarrassed. <laughs> What is he doing? Listening to secular music during the Rantiantra. This is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did. He sang a secular love song. Um, but Rupa Goswami, after the Rathiyatra, composed a verse hmm, that explained what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was thinking and feeling when he was singing that song. Hmm. And he took the verse and he put it on this thatched wall of his thatched hut. And Mahaprabhu came there and saw that verse and was astonished how he could know what I was thinking, what I was feeling. There was a yearning that Mahaprabhu was expressing in the Rathayatra, the yearning to, of, of Radha, having met him, but not in the setting of Vrindavan, like at Kurukshetra, where they met for a moment. But the setting of Vrindavan was not there. There was no, there was no, no place for parakya. There was no support of the Jamuna and Govardhan and the cowherd boys and Mother Yashoda, the Vatsalya Rasa, to give opposition to, to, to Madhurya Rasa and so forth. Hmm? And so Radharani is pining to, re- to, I want Krishna in Vrindavan. Hmm? 
Murman Vrindavan. My mind is Vrindavan. You have to put your feet there. So this is what Mahaprabhu was thinking. In a mood of Radha, he was singing this song, and Jagannath, the big guy on the cart, is, was just following her dancing like this. When he would stop his dancing, the cart would stop. And then they would think, the cart stopped, something's wrong. Get more men to pull the cart, and no one could pull the cart. Bring an elephant. Put an elephant behind the cart to push the cart, and the cart would not move. Hmm? And Mahabhu began to dance again, and again the cart moved. Hmm? This was, what do you think, those eyes of Jagannath are like big eyes like this, with no eyelashes, he's never blinking. It's Krishna looking for Radha, looking, looking. Hmm? And Jagannath Puri, Radha came to him in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? He's Krishna. No, he's Radha. <laughs> he's both. He's more Radha than Krishna. Yes, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? So, Swarup, Mahaprabhu said, How did you know this? Swarup, Damodar, he knows my heart. It must have been revealed to you by him. So Sarup knew something, had close contact with Rupa Goswami. Hmm? He is the Lalita of Krishna Lila. Rupa Goswami is under the care of Lalita Saki. Lalita Saki is competent to be a group leader herself, but knowing the excellence of Radha's love for Krishna, she subordinates herself to Radha. The idea, of course, is that no one has more intimacy in love with Krishna. No one knows him better than Radha. So there are gopis who seek to have union with Krishna, but they can only have the, they can have, not have the full experience that Radha has. So Lalita is smart. She thought, I could have a, be a group leader and have my own handmaidens, my own manjaris and so forth, but I and Vishaka the same, subordinate myself to Radha. Hmm? And this is, of course, the Tadbhav type of Madhurya Rasa that, as we'll hear, Gaudiya Vaishnavism is about, particularly as it appears in the person of Rupa Goswami. Hmm? Hmm. So, Sarupi knew hmm, who was Rupa Goswami. And Sarvabhoma and Ramananda Roy were learning from Mahaprabhu firsthand. Hmm? And so, here he, he said, sing the verse. And Mahaprabhu was, uh, Rupa Goswami was a little shy. Hmm? And so Rupa Goswami, excuse me, Srupa Damodar sang the verse. This verse that Mahaprabhu had, that, that Rupa had composed and tacked on his roof, explaining what Mahaprabhu was feeling in the Royal Theater when he was singing a secular love song, which tells us, of course, with the nature of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, it's a step back from the world to see it as it is, what it really is, and then enter into it. So that you could find in bhakti this, sometimes we can find great devotees listening to secular music, uh, and they're completely Krishna conscious. They try not to do that to set a good example for others, but hmm, Mahaprabhu was doing like this. Sridharmarsh told us, because in, in the Dham and Navadweep, there'd be a lot of people playing these secular, secular songs loud. You know, if you, and you got a microphone, testing! One, two, three, testing! You know, they were not familiar with te modern technology. They get a microphone and everybody wants to, testing! One, two, three! 
So, and they playing their music really loud and so forth. So once we were at the Mott and, the, and someone was complaining and Chidamar said, you should know that the secular music, as it's thought, in the Dom is more spiritual than your kirtan outside of the Dom. So try to think like that about the Dom. Hmm? What kind of place? You'd be better off thinking like that about the Dom, hmm? about the holy place, than, 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 than otherwise. Hmm? And, of course, Mahaprabhu was doing this. He was, so it's possible to be fully in the world, if you will, but not of the world. There are many examples, like Raman and the Roy, and, and how he was teaching young ladies to dance, and so forth, for Jagannath, and uh, was completely, of course, renounced at the same time. So, so Sarup Dhamadar, Rupa Goswami was shy to cite that verse. That verse that he penned, that explained what Mahaprabhu was feeling when he was singing the secular song in the Ratha Yatra was, is also a verse found then in his drama, Vidyagdamadava. So Rupa Goswami, Surup Dhamma, cited the, cited the verse. And everybody was very pleased to hear that. And then Ramananda Roy asked, cite the verse that is the verse that, that, that offers respect to the deity of the book. And... Rupa Goswami was very uh, reticent to recite this verse, but Mahaprabhu said, no, no, they're asking you. Your poetry's good. I brought them here to recite your verse. What is it? I, I haven't heard it yet. What is your verse in which you offer respect to the deity of your book? Let's hear it. And Rupa Goswami says, okay. Anar pita charim charat karunayabhatina kalo samar pahitam unatoda rasam sabakti srayam hari purata sundara dyuti kadamba sandi pita and Mahaprabhu said, what kind of verse is that? <laughs> and the Golden Lord blushed. It's hmm? a verse about me. And others go, Ramana is clapping and Saravom and Bhattacharya. Very good, very good. Hmm? <laughs> so this verse, Krishnadas Kavaraj Goswami took, he put it in his... A verse to use as a verse to give the blessing to the readers. It says, among other things, anarpita, anarpita, unbestowed, not given, anarpita chirim chirat, not given for a long, long time, very rare thing, not bestowed. Anarpita chirim chirat kurunayabhutina kalo. Kalo means kali yuga. That's another thing. Long uh, uh, in Kali Yuga, you've come to bestow something that's that's we can't remember. The last time it was bestowed when you came another time, <laughs> something like that. In his, in his explanation, in his commentary, of course, Krishna starts to go into the into the you know cosmological sensibilities of the uh, of the Puranas and the Bhagavatam once on the day of Brahma and so forth. In writing about this in, in my book, I've tried to help us understand the concept of Kali Yuga from a modern perspective, historic, historical perspective, which would seem to say there weren't such, was no such thing as a Kali Yuga and people, you know, that far back in, his, in time and so on and so forth. It's a different idea of time you have to enter into to appreciate. After all, the Bhagavatam is about going beyond time. Hmm. And its time is cyclic and not linear and and so forth. So you can look at that. It's a long section of the book about Kali Yuga to help us in this 
or who are troubled by by empiricism and, and pressed by the need to verify things in such a crude way. <clears throat> but anyway, not for a long time. Anarpita samarpitam. Samarpitam rasam Not for a long time ever given heat. Karuna Ayabatinukul, out of great compassion, Karuna in Kali Yuga, Samarpitam, he's giving in a big way. Anarpita Samarpitam, not given, really given. Samarpitam, Unatulzur Rasam Sabhaktisriyam. The Unata Ujvala Rasa, the brightest jewel of aesthetic rapture. Ujvala Rasa means what? Rupa Goswami wrote a sequel to Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu entitled Ujwal Nimani. Ujwal Nimani. Mani means jewel. Nil means blue. Ujwala means bright. Hmm? Like a bright sapphire. Blue sapphire. Hmm? And the book is all about Madhurya Rasa. In Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he writes about all the Rasas from a tatasta vichar, an objective position. Hmm? His own subjective reality is is Ujwal, is, is, is Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? He writes about that only in brief, actually in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, because he has a sequel, Ujwal Nilmani, all about Madhurya Rasa. So Ujwal Rasa means Madhurya Rasa, conjugal of an Unutu Ujwala, means a special kind of Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? And this is the gift that Mahaprabhu came to bestow as Mahaprabhu is Krishna coming to experience the love of Radha hmm? opportunity arises for us to experience it as well hmm? in the overflow of his pursuit of that how to pursue it is taught by his example hmm? in Gaudiya Sampradaya there are certain windows of opportunity that have been presented to us this is the big window. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, here is Krishna, and he's in a very pathetic condition. He's trying to experience the love of Radha, and it's a difficult task. He's getting help from Lita, Vishaka, from Pakadadhar, Pandit, of course, hmm? and from Nityananda Prabhu, also in a more indirect way. He's getting help. Um, and this opportunity to taste the love of Radha, to experience the love of Radha, on our part, becomes possible. Hmm? This is the main window of opportunity. Of course, Nityananda Prabhu did more than anyone else to shed light on the importance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to start the Sampradaya and so forth as the dearest friend of, of Krishna, Balaram. He comes in this role. Hmm? And of course, he's in Sakyarasa. So invariably, some people will be influenced by Sakyarasa in the Sampradaya also. It's a beautiful thing. Hmm? So these are the windows of opportunity that the Gaudiya Sampradaya represents. This is a very important point, and you should understand it, because every Sampradaya, every lineage, has a certain explanation of transcendence, which are different angles of vision. You have Sampradayas that lead to Vaikuntha. The Baba that they speak about, the Tattva, the way they speak about philosophically, corresponds with a particular Bhava. It's not that you enter the Ramanuja Sampradaya and you end up a gopi in Vrindavan. Hmm? And it's not that you enter the Ramanuja, the Gaudiya Sampradaya and you end up a, a, a gatekeeper in Vaikuntha. 
Jaya and Vijaya are thought to be Sadaka Siddhas, Sadhana Siddhas. Somehow they ended up there. They didn't end up there through, through, the, through cultivating the, the ideal, the window of opportunity of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Gaudiya Vaishnavism is deep and it's broad, so in terms of its breadth, it can touch all types of people hmm, in Kali Yuga because it's, it's founded by, presided over by Gaur and Nityananda. Hmm? And so it, 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 it's broad and it can touch people connected by previous lives, for example, to other ideals within Vaishnavism, bring them in. The chanting of Hare Krishna is universal. It has a universal and broad application. It has a very deep and kind of specific orientation. Nam shreshtam apisachiputram atrasvarupam as Raghunath Das prays. Oh, my pranam to my Gurudev because he has given me, among other things, nam shreshtam, the highest conception of the name. Hmm? You can go to South India in Trivandrum. I remember being there one, one year and there's one temple, Ramanuji temple, and they're chanting Hare Krishna 24 hours a day. Hmm? But they are not thinking of it like Gaudiyas are thinking about it. Not the Nam Shrestam, the conception of Mahaprabhu behind the chanting. Hmm? But in a different way. And it's an okay, it's okay. They're thinking Ram means Ram Chandra, Krishna and Ram, Hari, hmm? and so forth. So the point is that there, the, these, uh, the Siddhanta of the different sects is trying to, it's trying to put into uh, a systematic uh, philosophical, theological language the bhava, the ecstasy. That's why I said yesterday, the tattva is not separate from the bhava. <laughs> but the tattva, you, you, learning the, the teaching, important points, you're actually starting to form a, a spiritual body. Hmm? Don't shy away from that. Don't fall asleep during the tattva. Hmm? It's actually forming, it's, it's the, forming the ground of your bhava-deha, sarup, spiritual form, siddha-deha, the internal form. Hmm? It's not, they're not disconnected. That's the ground on which it will, it will arise out of, that tattva. Hmm? Like I said, you listen, listen to Shastra, your own sentimental, perhaps emotional, materially speaking, ideas that you've kind of transported into the philosophy and understood the philosophy through the filter of wrongly hmm? by hearing from the Shastra. Shastra means also like Shastra, like cutting. So cut, Shastra. Shastra, Shastra. Depends how you put the A. It means weapon also. It's different. So, anyway, sadhu, let's use the word sadhu. Sadhu means to also to cut, right? So, a little bit of surgery is there, right? It's uh, heart surgery. Hmm? Cutting can speak. Not just coming to pat us on the back and, and so forth, but to change us. Hmm? So, we have a certain conception of self and we identify with the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and we can identify it within the concept of what we think we are to some extent. We can move away from it to some extent, but we retain some of it, and so there's a period of moving beyond that in our practice. The Bhajana Kriya life, the practicing life, trying to overcome anarthas. One of the anarthas, if you will, as explained by Bhaktivinoda in his Bhajana Rahasya, is misunderstanding of the tattva important points that not everybody has to become a scholar. That's not the idea, but you get to have, get in a place where you can actually start to, like when you speak a language, 
first you speak a language, you memorize, you say something, you're thinking of the word and, and you're trying to say it. And, and then sometimes you hear in a conversation, you actually understood it. And you think, I understood what he said. And it's entirely different than the way you, you're learning it. It's like, it just made sense. There were no words, so to speak. The, the ideas were just there. I just, just like when I speak and you speak and we speak in English, we're not thinking of every word, <laughs> what it means. It means this and that. You know, Okay, I got it. <laughs> it's not like that, but we just got it. So you're there. You're, it's, it's, it's part of a whole culture, right? You, you've entered into it. So this is how, we, like Stu Bala once said, that your primer is like, he's fluent in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. <laughs> fluent, he liked me. He knows it's a language. And he's <laughs> so well, I'm, I'm getting an education, but so... So, this uh, this is important this uh, this tattva because as we go forward, we see we can see oh some of my ideas that I carried with me into it are actually ideas that need to be retired. Hmm? And what is the uh, what is the good with the capital G is is often quite different than the good with the small G. And and my I mean I won't go into there's all kinds of things that we causes that we could be identified with and so forth that really don't don't do much for Krishna. We think he's going to be excited about this. He, he's not. He's, he's got other things. His, his whole emotional life is driven by bhakti, not by anything in this world that goes on, not the good things and not the bad things. He has no experience of them. They're all coming out, arising out of ignorance. The goods and the bads of this world, it's not like, oh goodness, something bad happened and Krishna's going to pay. He doesn't do anything. He's not really involved in that. Hmm? God is impassable, well, and for good reasons. Hmm? The God that is impassable. If he weren't, then he would be affected by the problem, by the ignorance that we are experiencing and uh, he wouldn't be a suitable person to play the role of the Savior. Hmm? He has an emotional life, but it's not material emotional life. He knows the mechanism of our suffering. Indirectly, he knows about it. Through his Paramatma manifestation, he'd get involved in it a little bit, thinking there are jivas. Hmm, let's make a world. Because without a body, they can never attain bhakti. Give him a body. Hope it works. <laughs> And meanwhile, then the avatars come and they speak about bhakti and the sadhus are there. So there's karma's always in the world, a driving force, and bhakti's always in the world as well. We talk about anadi karma. There's also anadi bhakti. Hmm. And Krishna comes to the world not for karma. Actually, he comes for bhakti because some bhaktas can't live anymore without him. And that's why he comes for them. And they enter into the leela and perfect themselves and leave with him and leave behind some story, some storyline to follow for other devotees to distribute and tell others about and so forth. So very important, this, uh, this, this tattva. Unatulta rasam sabakti sriyam. A nice verse. He says, He's come to give the Ujvala Rasa. It means, again, 
there's a particular bhava that this sampradaya is about. It's not the Nimbarga sampradaya, it's not the Balava sampradaya. They're not bad sampradayas, but they have a different ideal. I see that sometimes devotees, they have this idea, we chant Hare Krishna, we can become this, that we'll become a devotee of Nishringa, we'll go to Vaikuntha, we'll... Uh, I heard the other day some people in one group they're thinking we want to become Balaram's gopis. Hmm? You have to understand what, why you become anything is because of who you associate with. Bhakti is contagious. So one who has bhakti, be careful because if you associate with that person impressions of their own bhakti, their own feelings their own inner emotional life will affect your chitta, your subtle body. It's good for you, actually. <laughs> and when, it, when a certain influence accumulates to a certain, to a certain point, then you, understand, then you feel like, this is what I want to be. Hmm? I would like to, I'd like to be a gopi. It's not coming out of nowhere like, hmm, I'm a young lady, well, I always like dancing. I think I'll be a gopi. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. That idea is, these are material samskars. They have to be removed. To the extent that the material samskars are removed and bhakti samskars come and shadow and color our lives, then we start to have spiritual desires that, that make sense hmm? and are real. So the, the love for Krishna is a blessing that comes to us. It's an opportunity that's, that's given before us by Bhagavan through Sadhusanga. Like one of the last things Prabhupada said, in his translation of the 10th canto of the, in the Ramavi Mohan Lila, where he left the world. Hmm? And it, it, he's saying it. It, it. it means, it's a verse from the Gita, how you associate, so you will become like that. Hmm? As it works materially, Duh. So it works spiritually, is the point. <laughs> it's a simple math here. So it works spiritually. Hmm? So we have Nityananda Prabhu, we have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is pursuing the Bhava of Radha, Nityananda Prabhu is, is, is steeped in Sakya Rasa. These windows of opportunity come to us through Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? And that's why. Hmm? In, in the tenth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, in the acme of that book, is the Rasalila. And what do you find in the Rasalila? The Rasalila begins, Krishna's blowing his flute in the night on the Sard Purnim, and gopis drop everything and go. But some gopis couldn't go. They were held back, they were checked from going. Hmm? What is the point of that? These gopis that could not go, they could not go to meet Krishna because their bhakti is still developing. They are, in other words, Sadhana Siddhas. Coming from this side, and for them, Krishna's coming to the world. Hmm? They can't bear his separation any longer. Now they're born in his Leela. Hmm? And in his Leela, he, he, as it progresses, and he, now he's going to consummate the relationship that began during the Vastraharana Leela when he stole their clothes on the banks of the Jamuna, promised them. We'll formalize this later but consider yourselves married to me, something like that, hmm? secretly. Hmm. So this was Rasalila that comes that night. And, they, and some gopis, they couldn't go. It means that they needed still more association of the Nidhisiddha gopis in the context of the Leela to fully develop their bhava. 
If you study the book very carefully, then you'll see later on they met with Krishna also. It said some of them died. It doesn't mean literally died, because if any gopi died on that night, the whole thing would have been a bummer. You know, like, oh God, <laughs> that'd have to cancel the whole party. <laughs> so no, they died to whatever was lacking in them in terms of intensity of their bhakti, nothing material to be removed, but still intensity of their bhakti. Their, the development of their stai bhav in terms of sneha, man, pranai, rag, anurag, bhav, mahabhav, all these developments. Hmm? This takes place in the in the prakat lila, in the manifest lila, in the association of the other uh, eternal associates of Chaitanya, of, of Krishna. So, what we find, what what's the importance of this? Here we find in this rasa lila that there is an opening for us. That's what it's saying. There's an opening for you here. Ram's gopis at Ramgat, there's no opening there in Bhagavatam. There's no opening, and for that matter. It's an, it's an afterthought. Balaram come, Balaram dances with the gopis along with Krishna and along with all of their friends hmm? during Holi in Vrindavan. This, is, this story is told in Bhagavatam. Balaram and Krishna and Shankachuda, some of you know the story, he came and, 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 he, and he tried to steal the gopis and Balaram protected the gopis and Krishna went and killed them and so on and so forth. Well, this is holy. They were, you know, the holy, they're shooting the colors and so forth. Well, Krishna's there, Balaram's there, a whole bunch of gopis are there, and who else is there? Krishna's friends, gopas. Hmm? This isn't the same Rasalila that Krishna's having with the gopis in Sarad Purnim. Hmm? They're, they're young, they're, they're all together. Hmm? This is one way. Then later, when Balaram comes back to Vrindavan, why does he come back to Vrindavan, Balaram? To deliver a message to the inhabitants of Vrindavan and the gopis in particular on behalf of Krishna. This is Balaram. He lives on behalf of Krishna. That is the full face of Balaram. On the side, there are some gopis in Vrindavan attached to him. He has his own gopis. This is a side thing. It's Mariada. And he marries those gopis. He doesn't have parakya with them. He marries them. It's like a side thing. The main face of Balaram is his sakirasa, his representing Krishna, Guru Akanda Guru Tattva. Krishna, there's a there's a there's a deity in across the Jamuna. Dauji. Dauji means the elder brother, the deity of Balaram. Now you've seen the deities of Balaram, like Prabhupada installed Krishna Balaram deities in Vrindavan. And what color is, is, is Balaram? He's white. Krishna is black. Well, this deity, Dauji, is black. Why is he black if he's Balaram? Because when he represented Krishna, speaking of the gopis, he so represented Krishna that he turned black. This is the guru. So represents Krishna hmm? that we feel Krishna's presence in the person of the guru. <clears throat> so faithful, no other, no separate desire is the point. Balaram has no separate desire. In the context of Leela, some gopis are there. Yes, Nanda Maharaj insisted, you've got to marry them. So when he returned to deliver the message to Krishna's gopis, he also married them. This is a side thing. 
And in any descriptions of those leelas of Krishna with Balaram with the gopis, which not much attention is given to, there is no there's no entry there. There's no entry point. With regard to Sakiras and Bhakti Rastamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami explains the entry also hmm, for Sakirasa in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. From sadhakas, from heaven they come. Hmm. It's possible. Hmm. You want Vatsalya Rasa, then you go to the Balabhasampadaya. Hmm. You want Sakibhav, other than Manjit, right? go to the Nimbarkasampadaya. Hmm. Hmm. And it's not just make it up as you go along. I want to be this, I want to be that. You want to be free from, I want to be this, or I want to be that. Hmm? Yeah? And I want to use the body given by my guru, my sadhakadeh, my practitioner's body, appropriately. Hmm? Before I get tears here, I should get some perspiration here, working hard hmm? <laughs> to serve, <laughs> something like that. Hmm? Before I go into all types of transformations of bodily ecstasy, I should well, at least get this posture. Trinadapi, suni chena, tarob, to be more humble than a blade of grass, mahapur. So you've got to pass through that one. That's the first asana of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, right there. Trinadapi, suni chena, tarodapi, sahishtana, amanina manadena kittaniya sadahari. So, what's there in Ramananda Samvad? This is there in Unatujula Rasa Sabakti Sriyam. He said, Rupa Goswami says, he's come to give this opportunity. And you, of course you can't have this Unatujula without the other Rasas also. They're all supporting roles. And all of them are given in the form of Sakirasa through, so to speak, in that that. Nityananda presides, Balaram presides over the whole of Sambandhanuga, I mean over Dasiras, Vatsalirasa, and Sakirasa. Hmm? So Sambandhanuga is given and Kamanuga is given. The Sakya aspect of, of, of Sambandhanuga is given. And the Tadbhav means following the Bhav of Radha rather than wanting to have union directly with Krishna in Kamanuga or Maduya Rasa. This is what's given in our Sampradaya, so it's not a lot of guesswork. And then other than that, if you want to know your Swarup, I can tell you what it is right now. It's Dasya Bhakti for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So become a Dasya Bhakta of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and internally you'll become a Gopa or a Gopi in Krishna Leela hmm? relative to your association, hmm? relative to the Sangha that you have. So he says, Anarpita charim charat karunayavutinakalo samarpaitam so what is Rupa Goswami thinking when he wrote this verse? He mentioned, he ends it with the name of Sachi, Sachi Nandan. Hmm? So he remembering what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how Sachi gave Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the world. This is the word. This is the verse about the benediction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the world. Hmm? This is all possible because of Sachi. She had that difficult course to navigate, right? Like Nanda Maharaj did. Hmm? She did a good job of that. <laughs> and he's, and Mahap, Jiva Goswami wrote a commentary on this verse himself, and repeatedly he speaks about this. Mahaprabhu saying, anyone who chants the name of Sachi is, 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 will attain everything that I'm about. They've recited the Vedas many times. Anybody says... Sachi's Navadweep and refers to Navadweep in that way is, is purchased by me and so forth. Hmm? 
So Rupa Goswami is thinking, oh, this, this uh, of, of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the son of Sachi and what she's given to the world has resulted in, 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 this, in this way, in this blessing. And this, Krishnadas has taken as his verse, hmm? placed it in his, in his Mangalacharan. So we are blessed to hear about that verse. Sri Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami Mahashaya Ki Jai Sri Rupa Goswami Prabhupada Ki Jai Isi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai Bhakti Rakshak Sri Dev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai Sri Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai Thakur Bhakti Vinod Ki Jai Bhakti Vinod Paribar Ki Jai Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande <laughs> What's the time? Okay, good. It's nice to sit with all of you. It's very pleasing to have your company. And uh, tomorrow we'll speak at Krishna Chaitanya's house, right? In the morning, what time? 10 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it said. 10 30. 10 30 it is. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, if you don't have my book, you should get it here. This is my personal request. I was used to be good at selling books. So they weren't mine, but they were not too good at selling mine, but pretty good <laughs> I was at selling Prabhupada's. But if you do, it will help our mission. And uh, I've got a new idea for, many ideas for a new book, but I've kind of settled on one now, so I'll, I'll, I'll be enthused the more this one sells to get on with that one. You can keep up with me that way. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> let, me, let me start writing.